Marty Plum, and I am your host of a Pen and an Applicant podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to Headlines, number three, with my good friend, Casey Hall. Coach Hall, how are you tonight? Doing good. Living the dream out here in Gretna. Yeah, L-I-V-I-N. Yep. Uh, tough work day today? It was a tough day. Yeah. Spend yeah. it. Yeah, 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 and I, you know, I go back to work, and they start the playoffs. Ah, again, first world problems, as we discussed before we started taping. So, well, tonight's headlines, and we are taping this. It is about eight thirty, a uh, twenty to nine on Monday evening, and we are going to go through the eight first round matchups, and. Uh, we're going to spend about five to seven minutes on each one of these. Um, we're going to alternate who we want to talk about. I told Casey I would let him go first. And I told him, I said, we have to pick at least one seeding upset in each conference. So we just can't take the cheap way out and go chalk like it's, you know, the, the annoying guy uh, filling out the bracket for the NCAA tournament that you got to you got to put yourself out there. A little bit uh, in that regard. So we have eight matchups. Uh, like I said, eight thirty. It's well, it's about eight forty. So uh, Utah beat Denver. That must have been a heck of a game. That Utah Denver game. Uh, yeah, that was by far the best game I saw. That that that's going to be my first one I talk about too. Okay. All right. So that'll be our first series. So Utah beat Denver. Uh, uh, Mitchell had like what fifty-seven no, points. Den- Denver beat. Denver Utah. beat Utah. Sorry. Yes, my fault. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had like 57 points. Um, and then Toronto rolled pretty easily over Brooklyn in game one. And just before we started taping, uh, Boston ended up beating Philadelphia by about eight points. And Dallas and the Clippers are just getting started. So we're going to get going here. We're going to run through these eight playoff uh, predictions, first-round playoff predictions, and uh, we'll see what we got here. Uh, so, Case, you you, uh, you got the opportunity to go first. You said you wanted to talk about Utah and Denver. Yeah. I mean, like I said a little bit ago, but, I mean, that was an outstanding game. I mean, tons of offense, uh, two dynamic guards that are young and up-and-coming, and then you throw in two of the better big men in the NBA, Jokic and uh, Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Um, it turned in, I mean, the fourth quarter and overtime turned into a two-man game with Jamal Murray and Jokic and then uh, Mitchell and Gobert. And it just turned into, like, you're watching two-on-two basketball. Mm-hmm. Spread the floor and go. NBA Jam from back in the day? Pretty darn close. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't see anybody, uh, any flamethrower basketballs go up. Or, uh, He's on fire! Yeah, or any half-court shots or anything like that. But uh, It was just a great game. I mean, with Mitchell and Murray, you've got two young guards that are going to be the future for sure. Mm-hmm. If they can keep doing what they're doing. Uh and that was Jokic for the Nuggets. He's just, uh, he's so smooth. He looks like he's going in slow-mo. But, man, he can, I mean, soft touch, 
can shoot it from anywhere, can get to the rim. Uh, I just like Denver's pieces that they have. Besides, I mean, and outside of that, I mean, they had Monte Morris, the uh, old Cyclone, uh, unfortunately. A former and Iowa guy. Yeah. And he came off the bench and had 14 and 5. Mm hmm. Uh, they just have that depth and uh, Grant coming off the bench. He played forty minutes today, and he had to, he had to, he was the one that uh, held Mitchell in check in overtime. Yeah, he's good. He, he is. He, he's a really nice player. Um, you know, fits what they need. Uh, he'll step in. I think you know they'll probably end up letting Paul Millsap go um, in the off season because he's just you know he's not. You know, he doesn't have the same bang for the buck, so to speak, um, yeah. that that he had when they. But I understand why they they signed him to that contract. Um, so one zero, uh, and I did not see any of this game. Uh, I just heard about it. I saw that Mitchell went crazy, had fifty seven points. Uh, you know, but that kind of highlights part of the problem in this particular series that I see. Uh, since you picked it, who you got this series? I got Denver. I think I think Denver gets it in six. Okay. Uh, I just think it, it, a lot of it right now with the Jazz is they're shorthanded at guard with... Uh, oh, I'm going blank. Conley? One of their, yeah, with Conley gone for the birth of his son, they don't know when he'll be back. Mm-hmm. So... That puts them, I mean, they're deaf behind there. They got Clarkson that come off the bench, and then Emmanuel Mude, Mude that's supposed to be, was supposed to be like the next son, next best thing. And is he is not. not. <laughs> He's not. So you're looking at Mitchell's going to have to play 45 minutes a night. Yeah. And he, he's not going to get 57 a night to keep him in the game. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I don't see him having the – I mean, he had to score 57 just to put it into overtime. And I think uh, Denver's depth uh, – I, I think they're just a better team um, through and through. I got Denver in five. Um, okay. I, I think that there's – from what I've heard from the like the national guys and stuff like that – I think there's just enough rumblings under the surface with with Utah, with with Gobert and the COVID and him and Mitchell and that type of thing, that if they get down 2-0 or, you know, they get down 2-0 and they're down 8 at halftime of Game 3, I could just see them saying, yeah, uh, you know, we're ready to move on to something else. Um, I think the... The, the real X factor, and this is the guy that's really uh, come out here in this series, is Michael Porter, or not in the series, in the bubble. Um, I, I think he's going to be that third guy that Utah really doesn't have. They've got Mitchell, they got Gobert, uh, Denver has uh, Murray and, and Jokic. I, I think Porter's going to be that difference-making guy. Like you said, Jeremy Grant off the bench for Denver, Monte Morris off the I, I, I think Denver's just top to bottom, they're just a better team. And and I think that you take that combined with Utah's lack of depth plus their lack of 
you know, some some lack of chemistry. I'm not saying it's like, uh, uh, you know, the the old Red Sox, 25 cabs, 25 players type of bad chemistry. But, you know, it just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah, and with, with Michael Porter, he played a great first half. Second half, he was a liability because he can't play defense. And a lot of it in the fourth quarter in overtime, he was sitting the bench because – the Jazz was going right at him down switches and everything, and Mitchell's able to get to the hoop. Yeah. So his thing is, I mean, they've got the depth, like you said. That's going to be the huge thing, to be able to take him out and put Grant in or Morris in. They might be smaller offensively and on the floor, but they've got enough weapons to be able to make it work. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think those role guys are just better than Denver's role guys. If, if you say it's a wash between the four studs, the two on each side, I think Denver's just got more dudes. That's that's yeah. my that's my opinion. So, all right. So, games. Uh, exactly, exactly. Especially in this situation, I think depth is going to be more important. We talked about that on the last headline pod as well. So, so you got Denver in six, I got Denver in five. That is our official headlines prediction for round number one. You good on that one? Yep. Okay. I'm going to pick the next one here, and I am going to go with my upset in the Eastern Conference. I'm going to pick, and I'm really going out on a limb here, okay? I'm going to pick Miami over Indianapolis, or, yeah, Indiana, whatever. Um, I think it's going to be four games to two Miami um, in this series. I just think, uh, and I and I said about I said it on our last headlines that, uh, I, I thought this, you know, I think Miami's kind of my dark horse. I think they're really good. Uh, they're the best shooting team from behind the three-point line in the NBA. And they just, they just, they got the, the heat culture. And this is kind of custom made for just kind of a slightly crazy group of dudes like you have to be to play for the heat. Uh, and, I, I, you know, they just shoot it well. Uh, they got tough guys. I really love watching Bam Adebayo play. I think I love watching point centers. Him and Jokic are just so much fun to watch big guys uh, pass the ball really, really well. And and I think Indiana, you know, TJ Warren has has played the 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 eight games of his life. And I think you know the law of averages states that he's going to kind of come down to earth a little bit. And without Sabonis there, I, I just think. Um, I just think Miami's better. I think they're going to win. Uh, I was tempted to go four games to one, but with with Doug McDermott on the side of the Pacers, I'm going to go four games to two. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. That was one I had marked down for the East as well. Uh, I think the Heat, I think their depth, just they, have, they can bring three dudes off the bench that are just as good as any of the starters the Pacers have, especially with so many injuries. Mm-hmm. The bonus is probably out. Warren is having plantar fasciitis issues too, so who knows what's going to happen with him. Uh, I mean, you're look, you're stretching to reach into their bench to find anybody for the Pacers that you think can even match up with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think when it comes down to it, Jimmy Butler is the best player on the floor. Yep. In that, in that, and they don't have anybody that can stop him or even guard him. Yeah, and plus he's going to be a shutdown defender on the other end. 
yeah, I mean, and he already, he, and everyone, the people on Twitter and TV, they're all like, if Butler and Warren going to have that one-on-one <laughs> battle again, well, I think Butler already shut him down last week. I don't, I don't foresee anything changing from what happened there. How long till we have the first real fight? Like old school, like 80s, uh, lame beer versus Robert Parrish type of stuff. I don't know if it'd be in this series, but I could see it happening. I, mean, I could see one of the Morris boys or like Marcus Smart starting to fight. Yeah, yeah. Those are like three of the dudes that just would come out there and not care. Patrick Beverly even. Oh, that guy's crazy. I mean, I love him. I love watching him play, but he's like a black belt in karate as well. So not 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 only would he like be a tough dude to fight, but he'd be like, you know, going Chuck Norris on people. Yep. So, um, how many games you got this series in, Case? I got it in five. Okay. Four one. He. Gentleman sweep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think there's one game that maybe Warren goes off, but other than that, I don't think. I don't think they can. I don't think they have anybody to touch that can touch the heat. Yeah, I, I and I think you know, and I and I said this on our last. I think Miami has a chance to to mess with Milwaukee, and we'll get to Milwaukee whenever we get to them. But uh, I I I fell into watching a couple of Miami games um, during the 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 play the seeding games or whatever they call it, and, and they just. They just got dudes that can really, really shoot the basketball. And, you know, it's kind of the old Don Meyer saying, you, you never, you'll never complain about having too many tough guys on your team. You'll, you'll, you know, you'll never say, we were just too tough last year. And I think that's the, one of the things I really like about Miami is just their, their overall toughness. They made the switch to have Jay Crowder start. Uh, they got Adebayo uh, starting at center instead of at the four. Um, you know, they got Iguodala, who's going to be a nice veteran presence uh, to give them a solid 18 to 24 minutes a game. Uh, I just like their team, and I think they're really good. And I think, you know, if Milwaukee can find a way to get past Orlando, tongue firmly placed in cheek there, um, uh, I think they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough to knock out. So. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay. All right, so I picked that one. That was my upset uh, in the Eastern right. Conference. Uh, so your turn to pick the next series. All right, I'm going to go with the Lakers in Portland. Oh, okay. And this is going to be my upset. I know it's probably a long stretch, but Dame Lillard right now is the MVP of the bubble. Yeah. I'm he is unstoppable. I don't think it all depends on how the what the Lakers get from their guards. Uh, with Rondo coming back, but I mean, he doesn't do much. I mean, he can play defense, but that's about it. You put LeBron on who do who does LeBron guard? Do you put him on CJ or do you put him on Dame? Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that makes me hesitate a little bit with taking Portland. I'd have, I'd take, I'll take Portland in seven. Is uh, I don't know if they have anybody that can guard LeBron. 
Or eighty. Yeah. Well, not many people do. And then, yeah. And it's going to come down to Dame and CJ are going to have to score about 80 a night. <laughs> Which they're capable of doing. Which they are, yes. Yeah. Uh, I just really like, I like Portland's team. And they were, I think I, I think in our last podcast, I put them kind of as a sleeper. Yeah. Uh, they had people coming back. I just saw today after I wrote my notes down on them, that Collins is out for game one, which doesn't help their inside presence. Mm-mm. Uh, but Nurkic has been pretty good. He's been inside. really good. He's been really good. He's been, I mean, and he's kind of come out of nowhere. Like, you kind of know who he is, but, like, man, this these eight games in the bubble, he stepped up a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. Go ahead. Oh, I was just, he's been really good. He's been really good. Uh, I mean, he's hes playing like a guy that hasn't played for 19 months. Like, he's desperate to play, you know. And um, I, I think I had, if I could have picked it, um, I think it's going to be really competitive. Now, I'm going to make this prediction. I'm going to predict that at some point, like game, game maybe like game two, Something like that. L.A. is going to win a game by about 40 is going to be my prediction because I I think that at some point Portland is just going to run out of gas a little bit and they're just going to get their doors blown off. Dame's going to have an off night. Uh, It doesn't feel like he'll ever have an off night again, but he is human, at least we think. Um, And there's going to be some night where it's going to be like, LA 132, Portland 88, or something like that. I am going to make that prediction. Um, I like LA in five and a half. Um, <laughs> if I wish I could pick, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I, I, I think, I, I, my, I think it's going to probably go five, but I'm not going to be surprised if it goes six. Now I say this: LA has not looked good in the bubble. No, uh, they have not played well at all, and I don't know if it's. They're limiting minutes some a little bit. I know LeBron sat out one game. AD sat out a couple. Mm-hmm. Their guard play is horrendous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what bringing J.R. Smith in and uh, Dion Waiters. What? What? Yeah, Dion Waiters. What they brought to your team? Because <laughs> uh, they they maybe have played a total of the eight games. Maybe. 100 minutes. Yeah. Well, and I think that's really where, like, you know, Avery Bradley, and you understand why he's, he, he stayed at home. He's got a young kid, and, yeah. and, and, you know, he's concerned about social justice issues. You know, all of those reasons are, are more than fine for not coming. Uh, but uh, in, in, the, in the basketball sense of things, in some ways, this is a worst-case scenario matchup for the Lakers because they their guards, like you said, their guards are not very good. Um, and these are the exactly the the two guards, especially Dame, that you do not want to face right now. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I, 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 and and LeBron hasn't LeBron hasn't been very good, and therefore the Lakers haven't been very good. Which I think we talked about that in our in our prediction pod in our last pod. I kind of said, you know, if 
if, if somebody they're so top heavy you know they're they're like that the the high school team and, and we as high school coaches we can relate to this you know you, you got one you have one great player who averages 18 and then your next player uh, you, you have another really good player that averages 14 or 15 and then your next leading score averages like four and a half points a game and yeah. you know if something were to happen to one of those two players it it is such a big chunk out of your squad and you know I don't want anything to happen to LeBron. I don't want anything to happen to AD. But it's kind of been an indication as when those, when both of those guys are not clicking on all cylinders, they tend to struggle against good competition. They finished three and five, and they were a smidge. Kuzma had to hit that three against. Oh, who were they playing? Uh, he hit a three like right at the buzzer. You know what? I mean? It was off the sideline, out of yeah. bounds play. Oh, it was a great, it was a great out of the sideline, out of bounds play. I can tell you that. I liked it. Yeah, he, he came off I a dribble. Yeah, it was against Denver because Bull Bull didn't switch oh, yeah. out. Yes, um, and uh, yeah, he hits the three. Otherwise, they're you know they're going to go two and six, and you know, you, you know, everything was not on the line from them the same way that it was for Portland. Yeah, and and so they had the luxury to be able to slowly ramp up, but you would like for them to hit the ramp with a little bit of speed, if if you you know. Come on, let's let's get a little momentum going here, and, yeah. and you and you did just didn't really see that, so didn't, didn't see that at all. And one guy we haven't talked about, it kind of could be a secret weapon for the Blazers is Melo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's playing well. Mm-hmm. He's scoring, he's scoring a little more than twenty a game. I mean, he's rebounding. He looks like he's lost some weight, and he's maybe playing a little bit of defense. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he could be that, I know he hasn't got far in the playoffs as a pro player, but he's got that senior leadership a little bit. Yeah, and, and maybe he's, you know, finally figured it out, you know, that I, this is my role, this is what i got to play, and if we're going to be successful, I've got to be willing to do these things, to be the third guy, um, yeah. and to, to only get... 12 shots a game instead of 17, 18. Uh, we're not going to have me post up 15 feet out and shoot fadeaway jumps, even though he's really, I mean, he's, you know, better at it than anybody else in the world. But, you know, and, and maybe he's able to, with his old wily defensive tricks, to, and I'm using air quotes here, hold AD to 24 or 25 a game instead of letting him go off for 30 or 32. And, and then you never know. You know, yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, hey, well, that's that's a that's a big matzo ball there, Georgie boy. Throwing throwing Portland out there. Yeah, but you see that sometimes though. You see teams who get on a roll and with a short seven or eight guy rotation can spring an upset like this, and they've got all the momentum. They're feeling really good about themselves. They're in a good rhythm, um, and. Like we talked about, L.A. has not looked very good in the bubble, and maybe this does have a little bit of a recipe for making it very, very interesting, at least for the Lakers down, you know, in this first-round series. Yep, yep. Okay. Anything else on that one? No. Okay. I think we're good up there. Okay. So I am going to go back to the east, and let's talk about Boston and Philadelphia. Um, I think this is 
Um, and, 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 I, and I don't know how many more series. Oh, we have one other series that I think is really intriguing. But I wanted to jump back to this one just because um, for, you know, the vast majority of the people that listen to the pod are coaches. I think Philadelphia is a fascinating study of team building and fitting pieces together that maybe you feel like they should fit together, but they don't really fit together. But you're not really sure what the right move is to make the pieces fit together. Um, whereas Boston is kind of the opposite of that. They just, they've kind of done the opposite of what the Lakers have done. They started slowly, but it seemed like there was a plan all along the way. And now they're kind of starting to crescendo and really hit their stride a little bit. Um, I got Boston 4-1, and I think that was pretty gentlemanly. I could see uh, Philadelphia going 1-2-3 Cancun or or whatever, uh, if, if they get down, kind of that same thing that played out with, with Utah and Denver. I, I could see Philly uh, just Simmons is out, Embiid, um, you know, the, they're trying to find their, their, their pieces just don't really fit. I think Brett Brown is, is unfortunately for him, I, is, a, is a lame duck guy. Um, they, they have a hard time matching up with Jason Tatum. He played awesome tonight. Um, is Joel Embiid a superstar? Is he the guy that's really going to play with the high motor all the time? I mean, I think there's just, I think there's a lot of things to be answered here. But I've got Boston 4-1. What do you got on this one? I'd probably say 4-1 as well with Boston. Uh, I think after tonight's loss, just watching Embiid walk off the floor, he looked like he already thrown the towel in. Really? I, see, I, I didn't mean, see that. I didn't see it all the way to the end, but... He just looked like he was ticked off the world for what happened and they lost the game or they shouldn't have lost the game which it was a good game mm-hmm. um, but they just don't have enough I mean they don't have anybody else besides him to help carry him you got Shake Milton out there trying to defend Kimba Tatum and Brown I mean mm-hmm. he's not going to be able to do that Tobias Harris was a nice player but he's not a number two which he is right now with Simmons out. Yeah. I just think I just think Celtics just have too much depth with those three three guards. I literally have that in my notes. Too much depth, too well coached. Yeah, they're much better coach. I mean Brad Stevens, it's unreal to think I was watching uh it might have been Friday or Saturday, I was flipping through and Man, they had the Duke and Butler game on TV from when they made it to the national championship game. I just think he was, what, 30, 34 when he coached that game? Something like that, yeah. So it's, it's crazy that, I mean, how far he's come and how good a coach he is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, kind of in his defense, it, it's kind of two studies in, in building a team. And, and both teams kind of bottomed out, so to speak, at the same time. But it seemed like Boston made the right move every time. And I'm not saying, I mean, you would have to, in that draft, you would probably take Ben Simmons number one. Uh, You feel like you got a great talent in in Joel Embiid. Uh, You know, so a lot of these, but it's just like the development of the team and the way that the pieces fit together. And, and And not so much number one and number two, but the way pieces three, four, five, all the way through nine and ten just fit so much better together with Boston. And, and, and Stevens is able to work those pieces 
together better than Philadelphia has been able to. And, you know, they've been kind of redundant in in perimeter defensive guys that can't shoot. And they had the best shooter in the NBA and Redick, and they let him go to, to re-sign, yeah. you know, Tobias Harris, who's a good player. He's better than you and I combined. I'm not saying that he's not, but could they have done something more with that? You know, that type of thing. Yeah, they, they just, I, I don't know. And this question has come up on all the talk shows and stuff. Is it time to break up Simmons and Embiid, or do you keep one and let one go? I don't know. Um, it maybe it might be time to say, hey, we tried it, and it's time for to go and one direction or the other. So, which piece do you get rid of, and what can you get back for that piece? I think that's the $64,000 question. Well, yeah. You would think, I mean, you'd get, I, th- I think you would get more out of Embiid than you would Simmons. Mm hmm. You, you would get, you would get more in return, you mean? Yes. Okay. I think that just because, um, Simmons still not, the shooter that people want, but he can do a lot of different things. Embiid, he's a dominant inside guy. He should score forty a game if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. But he, but he doesn't. You know. But then he's a head case. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the kind of coach that'll, or he's kind of the player that'll get you fired as a coach because if you produce, you know, if you if you don't if you pass on him, you're going to get fired because he looks really good. But if you look at him and you go, I should be getting a lot more out of him, and I'm not, and that's probably going to get Brett Brown fired, you know. And, that, and that's where you got to go, like, well, we're going to hire, who's, who do we want, who do we want to keep with our new coach? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's what it's going to come down to, if they're going to let Brett Brown go. Yeah. I think he's going to get let go. It's just, yeah. That whoever they bring in is going to have to have a, a a bit better vision for what he's going to want to do with the team, you know. Yeah. And I think as we're talking NBA here, as Coach Alyssa, you know, what's your vision for your team? What's your vision for your program? Um, the the habits and the culture that you want to establish, and I, you know, those those pieces have to fit together. And you know, I think, like I said, I think that's the big difference between the two franchises. So. Okay, so we're good there. We both agree four one Boston. That was that was. I was tempted to go four zero Boston. I really was, but you know, I think Embiid's going to go off at least one game and pull out a win, maybe like a game three. But um, I think it's going to be pretty quick. So, um, all right, Case, your turn. I'm going to go with. Let's go Raptors and Nets. I'm going to go Raptors and four. Uh, the Nets is pretty much putting out a JV squad. But they've played well. They have played well. Uh, Levert's pretty good. And then, uh, oh, what's that? He's got a weird last name. Carew? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I know I know which guy you're talking about, yeah. He's came, he's, he comes off the bench and puts, puts up points, too. But I just feel, I mean, I don't think, they, I mean, Besides that, they don't have anybody. Yeah. I mean, I know they tried to battle a little bit today. They were down by 20 earlier, and they got it within 10. But then it stretched back out, and it was over midway through the fourth quarter. Um, 
Toronto does not look like they miss Kawhi at all. They are, and I heard this on a podcast, they are just simply a professional basketball team. They're just pros. And it's, they're, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, as a Creighton fan, I do not like seeing Fred Van Fleet do his thing. <laughs> he, is, he is good. Yeah. They're he's all, good. And, I mean, Serge Ibaka, the old man coming off the bench, he's taken into that role coming off the bench. He had 22 tonight. Yeah, at 206 years old, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah one of the things I wrote down about Toronto, they won't beat themselves. And, and those are very difficult teams to play against. And those are the type of teams that win championships, are teams that don't beat themselves. And they got a bunch of guys that are good at both ends of the floor. You, you take a look at, um, you know, a, a lot of these teams. Like, like, for example, you take the, you take the Lakers. Well, they got, they got for, their, for their tag team at center, when Davis isn't playing the center, they've got JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard. Well, they're both pretty good defensive players. They used to be great defensive players, both of them. But now they're, you know, pretty good defensive players. But they really don't give you anything on the offensive end. Uh, whereas Toronto, everybody they have can can make plays with the ball on offense, and they're really, really good on defense. And go ahead. And that's, I'll, I'll say I'll put that to their coach. Nick Nurse is yep a very good coach, and he's gone from small town Iowa to from high school to. Juco to D1 to D2. I mean, he's worked his way up there, and he's put a good, good little team together that they live. In, they if they play good defense, their offense will come, and it shows. Yep, I actually wrote down. That's uh, I wrote down. They have the best coach. You know, and I and I think he just does a great job of, uh, and what he does isn't terribly complicated. They do a great job of hunting matchups, and they find the hot guy, and they ride the hot guy. And the thing that makes them really hard to defend is they have seven or eight guys that can go off for 20 points any night, you know. Um, In some ways, again, to kind of go back to the Lakers, they're they're kind of the opposite of the Lakers, where it's like, okay, if we can just find a way to bottle up up one or the other, and, and when I say bottle up, that's relatively speaking when it comes to LeBron and AD, but instead of... AD having 32, can we hold him to 23? We got a chance where, you know, you, you just don't know where it's coming from Toronto when it comes to Toronto and every night. And, and I think you got these quick turnaround games. You got, uh, you know, it's going to be every other day and there's not going to be a ton of time for adjustments. And when you don't know where it's going to come from, you know, Casey, you and I have put together scouting reports for years and years and years. The, the hardest teams that, that, uh, to, to, to beat are the the teams that are really really balanced and you with just good players all the way across the floor. Um, yeah, and that's where we sit there like, okay, which one do we take away and which one do we let score? It's kind of scrambling, but they, I mean, they they're able to match up or find some way to slow them all down mm-hmm. defensively, but then offensively, like you said, they, I mean, who do you, who do you want to stop? I mean, they've got seven guys that score double digits. Yeah. Yeah. A great passing big man in Gasol. 
They got Siakam who can score on wings. I mean, he's he's elite at both ends. Um, you know, oh, you know, and oh, by the way, they got Kyle Lowry who's just a guy who finds ways to win games. You know, and he's really really good. And I think he's really underrated. I think this Toronto team. Uh, I, I think folks have kind of finally figured out they're really, really good, um, yeah. even though they've been really, really good for a long time. So you got a 4-0 sweep? Yep. Yep, so do I. So um, we're even there. All right. Um, is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go to my other upset pick. Ready? Yeah. Western Conference. Again, I'm really going out on a limb, but I'm going to pick Oklahoma City over Houston. I think it's going to be four games to two. That's my upset pick in the Western Conference. Um, I think, uh, I, I just think Oklahoma City is in some ways kind of a, a a lighter version of Toronto. They're veterans. They really don't beat themselves. They've got a great point guard. They've got uh, a three-guard lineup that can match up with Houston's small ball. Um, you know, you go with those three guards and, um, you know, some sort of combination. Uh, I, I think Steven Adams is just good enough defensively that he'll be able to, to play and really hurt Houston on the offensive glass. Uh, now, it could very well be said that he could be played off the floor, too. Um, I think the X factor is Danilo Gallinari. Um I could see him playing some small ball five, and I think he's going to be a really tough matchup for Houston. I, I think Oklahoma City has the interchangeable parts and the revenge of Chris Paul on James Harden, and he's basically going to say, I'm just tougher than you, and I'm going to will my team to victory over your group, and my way of playing the game is going to prove out to be better than your way of playing the game. And also, I think it's going to really hurt that Westbrook's out, at least for a game or two and maybe even longer. Yeah, no, I I, I had Oklahoma City down too, and I'm saying that when I had Houston in our top five and I had them kind of being that sneaky team potentially coming out of the West, but they've got injuries and a lot of question marks after Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma City has shown, shown their depth's not bad with uh, Darius Fazell's come off the bench. He's been surprising. Um, Andre Robertson's kind of back. He's not 100%, but he's... But he can give him a few minutes. Give him a few minutes, and he's their best defensive player by far. Uh, and then Gallinari, like you said, Gallinari's been playing well as well. I watched them the other night. Uh, and they do have, I mean, they've got some sneaky guys that can score that aren't like the big names. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Chris Paul, you've got probably, I mean, he's still a top three point guard in the NBA. Yeah. He's at his age. Mm-hmm. And when you got him and his leadership, it's it's tough to hold back from what he's done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they've they've got a good mix of veterans and young guys, and I, I think that, like I said, I think it's just more of a bad matchup for Houston. You know, this is kind of the one team that 
can match up with what they do better than probably anybody else um, than than anybody in the West, other than maybe like the Clippers, which we haven't talked about yet. Uh, you know, the Clippers can can go five guys that are six eight, while Houston's going five guys that are six five. Well, you know, that's that's simple math there, in my opinion. But I think Westbrook. Now, if Westbrook is in there. I think it might be a little bit different. I think I'd still pick Oklahoma City, but I'd pick it in seven. I think Harden will win at least one game by himself. Like, he literally will just have 52, and he'll hit a bunch of shots and that type of thing. But, you know, Houston has really thrived off of forcing turnovers and making things happen in that regard. When you have Chris Paul, you know, they got three point guards on the floor at, at uh, crunch time every time they come out. Uh, they're not going to give away freebies. I don't see them giving away freebies to Houston to get out and go. And and I think they're going to be able to cut off the lane well enough, uh, moving their feet, uh, quickness against quickness, that I, I, I just think it's a tough matchup for Houston. And I, I, I like OKC in it, in four games of two. So I'm going I'm to go OKC in seven. Okay. I, I just think, I think the depth and... Uh, Having having and Houston having the injury problems, not knowing with Westbrook, Gordon's still not a hundred percent. They said he's going to oh. start tomorrow. Yep. They said he's going to start tomorrow, but that's I think he's kind of rushing it back too, just to be able to because they need him. Mm-hmm. But I think I think OKC gets it done with their depth in seven. Yep. Okay, we are synergetic. So far, all right. We got two left. Uh, your turn to pick, my friend. Um, I'll go. I'll go with the Bucks and Magic. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bucks in five, four, one. Uh, I know they have not looked good. Uh, in the little bubble playoff eight games, but they still got. Probably the second or third best player in the NBA. Yeah, and he's going to find a way to win. Um, I think Chris Middleton's played really well, mm-hmm. um, and I think he's going to be—he's going to have to do that. Not just this series; I don't think it'll matter much. I mean, Orlando's got a lot of question marks with Aaron Gordon up in the air for this series with an injury, especially for game one, he's up in the air, I guess. And then their guard plays real question mark when Markel Fultz is not, he's not the number one pick that he came out to be. No. But I think the Bucks' depth is unreal. When you've got Cal Corver coming off the bench as your eighth or ninth guy, he's averaging about 10 points a game. Yeah. Almost 40. <laughs> He is. Yeah, he's like 38, isn't he? Yeah, I want to say he's close close to my age in that area. So, I mean, and then Dante DiVincenzo, I like I mean, he just he's a hustle guy. He can do a little bit of everything. Uh, and then the Lopez brothers. Mhm. They they both can score from inside and now they're both consistent from the outside, which makes which makes it tough to, for them to guard because if they step out, you got Giannis that can go on the block. Mm-hmm. And how yep. you have, I mean, Magic, the Magic don't have anybody that can match up with 
with that if they go with a high-low look there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody can stop Giannis. There's a couple of guys that can slow him down a little bit, but ain't nobody going to stop him. Um, I got I got it in a sweep. Um, I just I just don't see Orlando um, having anybody that could that can even come close to uh, making any you know Giannis slow down at all. And more than anything. I, I just think Orlando is going to struggle to to score the ball. Um, I, I think that uh, Milwaukee will kind of uh, put the clamps down on them. I, I think you know both Milwaukee and the Lakers have struggled uh, a bit in the bubble, but I I think that Milwaukee's uh, struggles don't make me as nervous because they're the kind of team that you know even with Giannis in play. They're really based on moving the ball, running some intricate stuff with their with their five out stuff that Budenholzer runs, and I thought that it was probably going to take them a little bit of time to get that going, but they were so far ahead, and basically they're going to have at least four extra games to to get that going. Whereas a team like LA, who plays so much through two guys essentially, right, with LeBron and and uh, Davis, that that. Their kind of slow start worries me a little bit more because basically it's LeBron's going to do this or AD's going to do this, whereas Milwaukee's is more about timing and getting that going, and I think that will come as they play more minutes. They'll probably shorten the rotation a little bit. Now, I will say I hope Budenholzer shortens the rotation uh, more than he did last year, Um, and, and let's see Giannis out there for, you know, 36, 37, 38 minutes a night and and see what he does as long as he you know as long as he doesn't get in foul trouble but um i think this is i i i got a 4-0 sweep here um i i think orlando i think orlando's just going to struggle to score yeah I, I, i'm gonna go four one i think i mean maybe maybe they just squeak one out one game like get their boxer win the first two and orlando wins like one after that but i mean without mo bamba Aaron Gordon's probably out, and Michael Carter Williams. I mean, Isaac's got uh, got hurt with the ACL, which was you know, which was a tough blow. I mean, you're, there's there's four of your top players. Mm-hmm. I know Michael Carter Williams doesn't start, but he comes off the bench as a sixth man, and he's really good. Mm-hmm. So I think I think there's just a lot missing with Orlando, and I mean, it stinks because they're a good young team. I think, but the Bucks just got way too much, and I agree with you. Giannis needs to play almost 38 minutes tonight. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I think Orlando's two years away. I think they're a couple more roster moves, uh, a couple more years of growth. But I think in in two years, I, I think they're gonna. And I'm not gonna say they're gonna win an NBA championship in two years, but I think they're gonna be in a position to to push for a top four seed, to make some noise, to do something. I think Steve Clifford's a very good coach. Um, I they're just not. They're just not there yet, you know, so. Yeah, okay. No, All right. So last one. So I'll pick it since it's the last one. We only one we got left. So uh, the Clippers in Dallas. Uh, I think this is going to be um, a series of close games that will ultimately be won by the better team. And it's going to be a short series but from 
you know, you're going to say, okay, well, uh, I got Clippers and five. And you're going to go, okay, Clippers and five, and that's what they should do. But I think if you really watch the series, I think it's going to be, you know, four of these five games are going to come down to the last two or three minutes and a couple plays here, a couple plays there. But the Clippers are just going to find a way to win those games. A um, couple of reasons I think that. Um, you got two guys that can guard, you know, maybe the you know, the the closest thing we've seen to Larry Bird since Larry Bird and Luka Doncic. Um, you got Kawhi and PG-13 that can, that can check him up. And again, you're not going to stop him, but they can, instead of him going off for 36, 16, and, and 8, he'll have 26, 12, and 8, you know, which, and they, you know, Dallas is going to need him to go off in the, in the low to mid 30s consistently for them to have a chance. And and I also like the the depth of the Clippers and just the guys that they have to roll out there. So yeah, no, I I really I really like between Portland and Dallas. Those were like the two teams that I would like to see with the upset. Uh, I do have the Clippers in six. Um, I think I think Dallas is two years away. Mm-hmm. I think I think they've I think they've got a lot of the right pieces. Mm-hmm. But I think just the inexperience right now. I think they're two years away, and with like the Lakers still having what they got, the Clippers having what they got, I think they're not in that upper tier in the West yet to be able to jump jump them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Clippers, I mean, they like you said, they're depth and they got. Montrezl Harrell back. Uh, he's played a little tonight, not much, but he brings a different dynamic off the bench. Um, you've got three guards in Reggie Jackson, uh, Patrick Beverly, and uh, I'm going blank on the other guard they got that comes off the bench. But I mean, they've got guards that can come in. They play defense. Yeah, but they can. Oh, Blue Williams. Yes. Who's sixth man of the year? I mean, you've got those three guys that they don't have to play offense, but they're really good defensively. Yeah, well, Lou's going to give you that scoring punch off the bench. You know, yeah, he's he's, he's averaging do more than that. Reggie Reggie might score some. Patrick Patrick's just going to get. He's going to be all over Luca. Yeah, yeah, and we don't know what the score is. I guess I could check the score real quick, but the, this game is in action as we speak. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see. I think, you know, I kind of talked about uh, Joel Embiid and is he really ready to be the guy, the, to be the superstar type of guy. I'm very intrigued to see how Porzingis plays in this series. And is he ready to take that uh, next leap um, and make that jump to the next level? Uh, if PG and uh, Kawhi help shut down um, Luka, can Porzingis make plays consistently that will give Dallas a chance to win? Well, he's going to have to. I mean, he's going to have to. He's going to have to be able to make jump shots, and he's going to be happy. He's going to have to be able to get to the rim off the dribble. Um, you know they're gonna 
they're going to send somebody his way every time he catches it on the block. Because mm-hmm. Zubac, I don't think he can guard him. I mean, he's not going to be able to guard him all night. But will he take him down there, you know, that's again? The thing. I don't know if Porzingis will do that. He's He likes that out. He likes playing outside more than he does inside. He's kind of got that Dirk... Nowitzki, when Dirk was young, he's not quite strong enough to post anybody up yet. He doesn't have any of those one-legged fadeaways like <laughs> Dirk got, but that's how Dirk was when he first came into the league, too. Sure. Yep. I agree. I agree. I think it's going to be a really good series. I think the the games are going to be really competitive. Um, you know, and Dallas has famously, they're, they're like the worst team in the NBA in crunch time this year as well. They've in the bubble, they've they've let a couple of close games slip away. So, um, you know, do the law of averages state that, hey, you know, we're, we're, we should win one of these here at some point, or are we just that snake bit this year? You know, uh, yeah. which which way is that going to go? Um, but I think it's going to be I think it's going to be really competitive. I think it's going to be a good series. I think it's going to be fun watching uh, L.A. come up with ways to try and slow down Luca. Uh, but I, I, I think I think L.A. is is that was another one of those five and a half. You know, like if I could have gone it, with both L.A. series, if I could go five and a half, I think they're going to be two really similar series. I think the games are going to be really close, really tight. Um, but but I think it's it's going to be. Uh, I got the Clippers. I got the Clippers in five. So all right, now I'll take Clippers in six. Okay. All right. So let's go down. Here to to recap uh, in the Western Conference, um, your big upset is Portland over the Lakers in seven. I've got the Lakers. I, I'm going to put it in stone. I'm going to say Lakers in six. I think there's enough momentum for Portland to take it to six. So that'll be my official prediction. Uh, Clippers versus Mavericks. You've got Clippers in six. I've got Clippers in five. Utah, Denver, you've got Denver in six. I've got Denver in five. And Oklahoma City, Houston, we both have Oklahoma City. Uh, you have it in seven. I have it in six. In the Eastern Conference, uh, I've got the sweep, Milwaukee over Orlando. You've got the gentleman's sweep for Milwaukee. We both have Toronto sweeping Brooklyn. Uh, we both have Boston over Philly, four to one. And we both have Miami over Indiana. Uh, I've got four to two. You've got four to one. Am I accurate with that? Because I want to make sure it's in stone. So in a couple of weeks, uh, we'll put a gentleman's waiver that we won't put on the public airwaves on this. Um, but Paul Markley might be involved, um, <laughs> <laughs> for better or worse. Uh, but uh, um, that's what we got for predictions. Are you good with that? Yep, that is correct. All right, all right. Well, hey. Uh, thanks for coming on, Case. Appreciate it. This was fun. Uh, yeah. Breaking it down. Anything else you want to throw out there? I don't think so. Cubs are up 5-4 in the bottom of the seventh here. They just got to win here. Oh, they needed that. They needed that. I, I got my Cubs face masks in for uh, for teaching. So oh, nice. I, I feel complete now as an educator. So That's good. Yeah. look good at with that. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope to. So, all right. Well, this has been headlines with with uh, my good friend Casey Hall. Uh, thanks for listening. If you are listening, you're on SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, like, rate, review. Give us five stars. 
the more you the more you uh, publish that, the more you push that, uh, the better we look, and the more we can get out and and help coaches hone their craft and get better at what they do. Uh, email us if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, ideas. If you if you like our predictions, let us know. If you think we're dumb, which we've been told that we've been dumb before by multiple people, we have been told that case. Uh, you know, feel free to email me at penandanapkin at gmail.com. Uh, look us up on Twitter at pen and a napkin. Uh, try to put out daily coaching tidbits on there. Um, so uh, follow us on Twitter. This has been Headlines. Headlines number three with Casey Hall. Uh, coaches, let's pray for peace. Let's stay safe. And let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.